Welcome back to the Tape Store, everyone. This is Toby. And this is Brooke. And this is Jeff. We were made in the 80s. And played in the 90s. And we are here to bring it home <laughs> with part two of Shadows of the Empire, as in the Star Wars Expanded Universe novel written by Steve Perry in 1996. Yep. So we really had a great time last week uh, talking about I don't know if we got through the first half. I don't think we quite. I think, I think it was really the, like the first third. Right. But Because we spent a lot of time on like character. and Right. Now that we've gotten past these first parts of the story, um, I will say that, that the, the pace of the story really picks up in this, this you know, what we're talking about this week. You know, yes. The rest of the story, where we stopped. So. I want to recap, but first I want to obviously say that, you know, it's it's great to have Jeff with us again this week. We've missed you, brother. It was good to be back. And we have been excited about this <laughs> episode because, well, we love Star Wars, and we, we enjoyed Shadows of the Empire overall. It wasn't without its foibles and its issues here and there, but we overall liked the story. But we're really excited, too, about this second part. <laughs> Uh, of the of, of the series, yes, because this is really where, in our opinion, some of the <laughs> the funniest moments and some of the best moments that we enjoyed talking about uh, in the story. Yes, for know. sure. So we're looking forward to getting to all of that. So I just want to do a quick recap, though. First off, we're happy to have our listeners with us. Um, we've enjoyed. We heard a lot of. We've got a lot of great feedback. I know some of you talked about the game and how yes. you played the game. And, and we're going to talk about the game, of course, a little more. Because actually the game has a very important detail that the book doesn't have. And we're going to talk about that later. Now, before we really get going, as I said, I, I want to just kind of recap where we're at and what, what the story's about. So again, this is a novel, Expanded Universe. It's not considered canon, even though some elements are canonized. And we talked about that, Dash Rendar. Right. The character of Dash Rendar is considered a canon character, thanks to Solo, a Star Wars story. So, Shadows of the Empire takes place between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. You have a period of a few months, several months. And a lot of important stuff is going on during this time. And I think the main thing is Luke's development as a Jedi. And we get a lot of of great exposition and, and we get a lot of insight into that. We also get a lot of insight into Darth Vader's mind and his feelings about his son, right, Luke. The cracking of the veneer, the evil veneer of Darth Vader, we see that, you know, behind that is a father looking for his son. Right. Not as a right-hand man to rule the galaxy. Right. But as... But his kid. It's his kid. And we're getting... We get some of that, which you really don't get that until the latter part of Jedi right in the movies. So that was great too. We have of course the main players which is Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia, Chewbacca, our favorite droids R2 and C3PO, uh Lando Calrissian, Wedge and the Rogue Squadron, Darth Vader, Emperor Palpatine. <laughs> I laugh every time I talk about the Rogue Squadron. We had a we had a great time talking about them last week. <laughs> how Luke has them on speed dial. <laughs> But we also have some new players. Uh, Dash Rendar, the smuggler. We call him the Han alternate. Right. Uh, yes. We also talked about 
Prince Shizor. And we're going to talk about him a lot more this week. So what's going on, right? Uh, we, we, we picked up, of course, with some, some backstory from Empire. Right. Darth Vader is searching for Luke. The Emperor, of course, is ruling the galaxy with an iron fist, and he is overseeing Darth Vader. Seemingly, you know, the Emperor is seemingly aloof. You wonder sometimes, does the Emperor, is he fully attuned to Darth Vader's... Yeah, we um, talked about that briefly last episode, how I think you'd ask Jeff, like, you're like, do you think that he... Yeah. Knows and Jeff like, yeah, I, def- I think he's just puppet mastering at this point. He's yes. just kind of like, let's just see what the chaos they create. No. I already know th- what their motivations are. I agree. I think Emperor Palpatine creates situations to see how they're going to play out. I think he asks questions he already knows the answer to. Oh, yeah. Because he wants to see how other people respond. And so, uh, and in the midst of all this is Prince Shizor, who is the head of Black Sun, which is a crime syndicate that the Empire utilizes. So and, and I thought that was a great addition to the Star Wars universe is, you know, the idea that there's this, you know, organized crime syndicate that, of course, the Empire would would use. We talked about as far as Prince Shizor's perspective, what one thing he doesn't have his handicap going into this situation. And, right. And Shizor has his own agenda. You know, he wants to eventually be the emperor's right hand man. But what he doesn't realize, and I, I talked about this, was he's becoming involved in something much greater than him. Right. Something much bigger than him. And that is the force. And whether, again, whether it's light side, you know, with the Jedi or the dark side with the Sith, Shizor is in over his head and he doesn't know it. Right. He's very sure of himself, though. So he is trying to work his way up. Our heroes, our heroes are trying to get Han. Right. You know, who, of course, at the end of Empire was taken by Boba Fett to be uh, transported to Jabba the Hutt. There is a failed rescue attempt. You know, Boba Fett's able to get away. Uh, Luke constructs his lightsaber on Tatooine. And Shizor, in the midst of his political intrigue to to get the the right-hand spot, the first thing he realizes is Vader wants Luke. So the best thing he can do, you know, and, and Vader's whole thing is, I'm going to get Luke for the right. Emperor. He's going to be a great asset. But Shizor knows there's more to it because he's, even though he's not attuned to the Force... He's very perceptive. He's very perceptive. So he decides, the best thing I can do is foil Vader's plan, so I'm going to kill Luke. Right. So that basically is what the first, I would say the first, uh, third... Yeah, uh, something like that. Basically, yeah, is basically Vader trying to apprehend Luke, Shizor trying to off him. So he can foil Vader. And of course, Shizor has this um, vendetta against Vader for killing his family. Right, right, right. Right. Also, this subplot involving the plans for the second Death Star become involved. And that's where we That's get where we left off. That's where we left off. We talked about that's where, you know, Luke gets a tip about plans for a second Death Star. And he takes Dash Rendar. And some Bothan pilots and the Rogue Squadron, <laughs> which <laughs> and they are able to procure the plans, mm-hmm. but it, it it's a little rocky. Absolutely, it, <laughs> it's it, a little rocky. <laughs> it does not go off without a hitch. <laughs> we left off with Luke and Dash are able to get the plans for the second Death Star. So at this point, he's separate from 
Leia and Chewie and Lando who have decided they're going to split off from Luke and try to work their way up through the Black Sun. Right. So they can, to, to the top, to the leadership, because they want to see if they can get Black Sun's help against the Empire. Right. It's kind of like we have a common enemy. Yes, because she's like, because there's a point in the book where she's like, I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm, they're not going to trust me. She's like, well, but we have the same enemy. Right. So common enemy can can make good friends. Sometimes it can be a, a bigger unifier than somebody you love. Right. And that takes us to now. So the first thing we have moving forward is we return to Darth Vader, the mind and heart of Darth Vader, because right. he does have a heart. He is Anakin Skywalker somewhere in there. We all know that. And Brooke, you really enjoyed this part of the book. You, I mean, this this is what really jumped out to yes. you. And, Give me all the feelings. Right. So <laughs> we're going to let you take the lead on this part and what's going on here. Okay. Um, like you, like you, know, like you already said, um, we covered the first third, and I would, I would venture to say that the first third of the novel um, does lays lays a foundation of character motivation and internal dialogue and then after that literally after this we don't get it really right much anymore uh we get some from shizor because he's kind of driving a lot of the action but um as for like i i feel like this chapter ends the uh exploration into the motivations of the characters that we've wanted to see. So um that's that's one thing that's neat because we notice it's, it's like a ton of space battles after this which are right. fine, but now it's that groundwork of who these people are internally has been laid. And that's really the, you know, what we enjoyed. Yeah. The most. That's what I enjoy. I I could have just read a book all about Darth Vader's feelings, but <laughs> we don't need that. We need some action too. So um I'm going to read just a quick portion. I'm in, I'm in chapter five of um, the book, and there's a portion in it that, um, for me, highlights but most of what he's talking about. So it says, The meeting had made Vader feel not a normal occurrence lately. There had been the thrill at meeting a worthy opponent and pride that the one so strongly opposing him was his own son. It says, Vader smiled into the darkness surrounding him. Obi-Wan had not told Luke that Anakin Skywalker had become Darth Vader. See, there's more backstory that, like, you know, you just don't realize. Yeah, Luke doesn't know it yet. Right. Luke's anger at the man who had slain his teacher had been potent, had, uh, had allowed the dark side to claim him. If Vader hadn't broken that anger with fear and confusion by telling the boy that he was his father, Luke could have defeated him. A wow. Jedi does not fight in anger. He holds his emotions in check and allows the force to move through him. But the dark side needed to be fed with strong emotion. And when it was, it repaid that sustenance tenfold. Luke had felt the power of the dark side. It was up to Vader to find him and allow him to feel it again. The dark side was addictive, more potent than any drug. When Luke accepted it, he'd be more powerful than Vader, more powerful than the Emperor. Together, they could rule the galaxy. So that, in a nutshell, is like everything that's going on in his mind, right. and it's it's deeper than just, oh, I want to rule the galaxy. It's like, no, he's my kid, and like he he feels this deeply, and I don't know, it's really neat and layered. Yeah, and I just want to say, and then I'll pass it to you, Jeff. I like the complexity of Darth Vader. I mean, so complex, and here's why: he knows how a Jedi operates and knows how the Sith operates, how a Sith Lord operates. He yes. knows, and it's so 
interesting to hear him talk about how basically when I was good, this is how I did it. But I know what made me bad, and I know what turned me into Darth Vader. So I know how to teach it. And I know I know how to get. I know what Luke needs to get over here too, yeah. and that's tragic. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I think I think Vader. You know, if you get if you look past all the you know whatever you know uh, dark side, I'm Darth Vader, big big scary, you know. Um, bad guy. If you look, if you go back and look at like Anakin Skywalker when, when when he was alive, he thought he was doing the right thing. Always, like he he wanted to bring peace and order to the galaxy. He just thought going to the dark side would be more in a more efficient way. We we, we learned that also if you ever watched like Clone Wars a little bit. You know, like you 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 learn you, you get a lot more in depth. You know, like analysis of his character. And, like, so we know that he, he yeah, I mean, he's, he's done horrible stuff, <laughs> for sure. But, but he, 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 he's a very complex character, I guess is what I'm, I'm getting at. He, he, and, and his love for his son, you know, really finally shows through in this book. Yeah, I think we see in the book that, like you said, the love for his son comes through and, it doesn't fully redeem him yet, but it comes through and and makes contact with the darkness in him, and it starts the the conflict. Yeah, or we're seeing it. We're, we're seeing this already. Whether it's it's been brewing, but, but it, now it's really like manifesting itself. Yeah. in his in his mind, and we get to see it, and we see that through Shizor's eyes. Who's like, wait, this is more than just something political. This isn't just like, hey, this is a really powerful asset that's going to help us get stuff done, right? his son and longing. then it's verified here in this chapter when Darth Vader's right about it and I want to pass it back to Brooke because there was one specific part where he felt now we we all know mm-hmm. especially those of us who are, are are really big Star Wars fans Darth Vader cannot survive without his suit yes he, oh yes okay he cannot breathe without it you know all that stuff I mean Obi-Wan did such a number on him in their lightsaber battle, I mean, he was so gravely injured that he essentially has to live on, like, portable life support. But there was this part of the book where he kind of taps into the Force and he feels like he can breathe without his helmet. Yeah, uh, yes. Yeah. Can you go into that? Because okay, so that- that's actually how the chapter opens. It opens, it says, Dave... Uh, Dave. Darth Vader uh, sat naked inside his hyperbaric medical chamber. The interior lighting was turned off, and he was free of the armor that he had to wear to sustain himself in public. The Force was powerful. Vader thought the dark side even more so, but he'd never been able to use it to heal his badly burned body to the extent that he wished. Um, He talks about wanting to... uh, He believed it was possible that the Force could regenerate him, and that someday he could, you know, be whole. Um... All right, and then in the book it says it was time for another test. So obviously when he's having these times in the hyperbaric chamber, he's testing what the Force can do for him as far as a regenerative thing. So he says um, he, you know, this, the chamber opens, he lifts the lid with a hydraulic hiss, and he sits exposed to the surrounding room unprotected by the supermedicated and oxygenated field. And then he concentrated on the injustice of his condition on his hatred of Obi-Wan, who had made him so, 
with the anger and hatred the dark side of the force permeated Vader. For a moment, his, his ruined tissues altered, his scarred lungs and dead alveoli and constricted passages smoothed out and became whole. For a moment, he could breathe as normal beings breathed. And he says his sense of relief and tri- triumph at his joy being able to do so drove the dark side just as quickly from him. Wow. So I know I was I remember reading that and and like Oh that yeah. yeah. It's so cool because he focuses on his anger, on his rage, on this injustice and for a moment because like he said the dark side is on the outset it's more powerful him. and he's like, oh, "Okay, I feel it." But his positive feelings of like joy and relief Chase the, it says it says it chased uh chased the dark side from him as surely as light chases away a shadow. Wow. So that's it's like great. the light side of the force is like counteracting this potentially good thing, but because for him to heal would be a bad thing. Right. If he were whole and out there doing what he does, it'd be even worse. So it's neat how he's having this really it's it really it's just it's a physical manifestation of what's happening inside of him. Wow! It's yeah. literally it, what what's happening physically is what's happening emotionally. Oh, I love it! Yeah, the English teacher in me loves this <laughs> stuff. I and it's it up. it's like the dark <laughs> the dark side of the force is obeying what he desires when it's fueled by rage. But as yes. soon as he's happy, because he's become because it's ultimately getting back to what he was, which was good. Yeah. It's, the dark side's like, nope, I'm out. I'm not going to do this anymore. Yeah, and if you skip down, there's even a part that said um, it was difficult. He had not purged all of Anakin Skywalker. Wow, that's good. He was, he's like, I. he knew he was still in there. Oh, I love it. Yeah, and you remember that, Jeff? Yes, I, I remember that part. It was really good. And this really, cl- and like I said, this closes the, well, it doesn't close completely, but it we don't get as much depth and as much like, digging into character after this right so it's really kind of symbolic it's it's neat no i think that was but i think that was so important because that absolutely see that that's where i talked about like there are even though this is not considered canon it absolutely that directly connects with with what he's the Darth Vader we meet in Return of the Jedi. It makes total sense. There's there's no deviation. It completely fits within the narrative. Right. So. Well, yeah, and like canon is like I, I I when when I think of canon and expanded universe, I really think more like just characters that exist in right. expanded universe. Right. And, but like this is you know when when it describes this 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 is this is absolutely who Darth Vader is, whether it's canon or expanded universe. You know. Yeah, the writer nailed it. Mm-hmm. And I'm really impressed with how the author really had an understanding of uh, the how the dark side and the light side interact mm-hmm. or really don't interact in the sense, you know, like, you know, when when happiness and they joy. Re- it's like magnets. They, like, they repel each other. Yeah. Happiness and joy is like, nope, you know, we're out. I mean, the dark side's like out as soon as happiness and joy show up, you know. Because that's not what the dark side thrives off of. It's rage and, mm-hmm. and you know, right. Because he, he still is powerful. I mean, Darth oh, Vader yeah. is incredibly powerful. For sure. We recommended the Audible because if, you, if you've never read the book and you don't have time, the Audible is, version, like the, the, the audio drama. Yeah, and it, it is a tad abridged. It is. But it so, still gets the point across. But there are some things that you don't get. Mm-hmm. 
and it's stuff like that. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, we're happy to share that. But, you know, of course, if you want to go further, you know, read the actual book, you know. All right. So we're leaving the mind and heart of Darth Vader as great as it is to be there when you're a Star Wars fan, because I really feel like this book, this book, this book, uh, this book, really good Lord, I can't do it. this book, really, this book really brings him to life uh, a lot more yeah. as a character, even though, you know, anytime you think of Star Wars, Darth Vader is so iconic. I mean, they, they use his image even, you know, even though he's the bad guy, he's probably the most recognizable fixture yeah, in the universe absolutely uh, his character his image so uh and i loved what they did with him yeah. I, I mean really i don't think he was ever i don't think the author was ever off point or off kilter with vader um but True. so now let's shift to princess leia who is with lando and Chewie, and they're working their way up to Black Sun. They end up on Coruscant, which is like the city planet, which is like, you know, whether you're watching the prequel or, you know, in any other part of the Star Wars universe, the prequels, you know, watching the Clone Wars, Coruscant is like essentially the capital of the galaxy. It's, right. It's the New York City. It's essentially a, a metropolis planet. It's just yeah. a big, it's a city planet. It's one big city. You know, heavily popula- populated. Uh, you know, it's where the Jedi Council was. I believe it's the seat of the government, probably for the Empire at this point. You know, um, and it is where Leia and Lando and Chewie are working their way up to the Black Sun, and this is where Leia is eventually noticed by Prince Shizor. Now, Shizor had been watching Leia for some time, you know, because remember, she, she eventually meets Guri. We talked about that last week. You know, Leia ultimately meets Guri, who is right. like his bodyguard, and she's a droid, mm-hmm. but, is, but appears very human. Right. And, you know, so Leia with ease is essentially, you know, once Shizor notices Leia, you know, and he notices her through a hologram. He kind of, yeah. you know, he's he, got he's got a plan. He's got pretty a plan. much right away. He makes it very easy for her to work her way up to yes. eventually meeting him. So what we eventually have is Leia and Chewie at Shizor's palace, and Shizor has taken a very great interest in Leia. Yes, as in a romantic interest. I don't think it has anything to do with feelings as much as it's about conquest. conquest. I was, that was ex- the exact word I was going to use is conquest. I think it's about conquest. Because like, she, she is a, an attractive specimen to her species, therefore right. I'll have that, <laughs> basically. She meets him, and Chewie's there, and of course Chewie doesn't like it, you know, and he immediately starts putting the moves on Leia, you know, right out the gate. Now, remember this, too. <laughs> mm. He is not human, Shizor. He is right. Faline, and... They, he's like a humanoid reptilian. Yes, his skin color can change. He, he, he ha- is a lizard man. Yes, yeah. let's just right call it what it is. Right, but again, <laughs> like, like we described him last week, he's not this. He's like, handsome though. Yeah, he 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 is described he's a handsome lizard man. He's described as very attractive. Yeah, but not only that, there's something biological working as well. He can his his he releases pheromones. His race can release pheromones and the purpose of that is to attract. So poor Leia. So Leia gets caught up in it. She's like, oh God, 
What's happening? I'm into this. Uh, yeah, she's into the uh, lizard guy and his high ponytail. And when, and when you read the book, you really get like yeah. inside her head on this. <laughs> it's an adventure, <laughs> right, Jeff? I mean, she's like trying to impress him. She's like, "What am I doing?" You know? Yeah, it's a, yeah. She's having a little like a lot of conflict because it's almost like she can't control herself. You know? Yeah, she's out of control. Yeah, she's responding to him, and of course, Chewie. And, and 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 she says, "What's wrong with me? I love Han, right?" Mm-hmm. And we know that, you know. And and Chewie, of course, is like he knows she loves Han, so he's very. And aside from that, Chewie loves Leia yeah, on her own. He does, but yeah, he's and he's fiercely protective of 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 everyone in the gang. And she, he's there with her. You know, Lando hangs back, but he's like he's not know? in the yeah. room, right? He's like he's like outside the door, down the hall, or something. Like <laughs> Lando does not. Traverse up the palace with no. with Chewie and Leia. He hangs back, and remember, Luke and Dash are have not arrived yet. You know that they, they they were still dealing with the whole debacle with the the, the second Death Star plans and all. Right, that. right, 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 right. Which we find, by the way, side note, <laughs> are not real. The Emperor totally right. he knew he knew the whole time it, it was all a ruse. Palpatine still pulling strings. Lando hangs back. He stays on the, you know, on the ground level, kind of hangs around the area. Mm-hmm. And we'll get back to him. But Leia and Chewie make it up eventually before Shizor. Shizor wants to have dinner with Leia or, you know, he kind of wants to spend time with her. And yeah. I don't know yeah, if it's dinner. Fair. Well, we know he wants, he wants more. To spend time. He want, we know he wants more than that. But <laughs> um, it's either, it, well, it's tea. It's not quite dinner. I think it's right. like, but, but they end up alone. Right. And this is probably one of the more difficult um, moments in, in in the Star Wars universe to read because Leia and Han are like they're star-crossed lovers, right? And like, they've they I mean, really, we're at the beginning of their love story when this is happening. So this so is we're like, wait, no. <laughs> this was hard to take in because she is like she's into into him, him. for like a, for a second. It's not long. And, but she's super into him, right? Because he's just releasing the pheromones, and right? And he's like, Maha, "It's working, right?" Like, like he he kisses her, right? Like he, he, he yeah. Oh they no, kiss. they kiss, and yeah, it, it's like, and and I read that the author actually he said, "No, I wanted them to have an affair." Yeah, he wanted them to have a relationship, and he said, "But in the end, I felt like that was too much." But, Agreed. But they do kiss. <laughs> they kiss and are interrupted by Chewie. Who's As like, they he should is be. <laughs> not having it. Chewie is not having this. He's like, no. He's beating on the door. <laughs> and she's or now she's or sweet Chewie, I love him. <laughs> she's or ever the overconfident, you know, villain we have here. He's like, ah, it'll be fine, you know. She'll, you know. I'll get her next time. He's like, she's like, what, what, what? I'm in the middle of something important. Like, yeah, right. Yeah, she literally does say that. I'm in the middle of something yeah. important. I'm like, are you? Later. Right. So, but while she's like shooing Chewie off, like outside the room. She notices that they're being watched, and this yeah. kind of snaps her out of it. Like, wait a minute, I, I'm possibly in over my head here. Right, right. Then she real. I think too, it was the realization of I'm outside the room. I'm away from him, mm. and I don't. And she she had a, a moment where she didn't feel that that attraction, draw, that yeah. pull. And then she got she went back in without Chewie, and she kind of felt it again. And he makes the move, and she like knees him. She knees him, like in the <laughs> growing, you know. Yeah. And, and Shizor is enraged. 
but still in control. There's so- actually a, there's a com there's a, I found it on uh, I was googling it the other day and I found the picture of her kneeing him. Yeah, it's great. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's so funny. I'm like, yes, get him. So she's always like, you know what? I'm just gonna lock you in your room and hold you against your will. He, That's goes, just- he goes full Beauty and the Beast on her. Right. So she is now kidnapped officially, and uh, Chewie is able to get out of there. Chewie is able to leave. Right. Like he gets out of there, but Leia is now has has is now taken captive. That was just that was really tough, you know. I remember we were reading that and we were like, "What?" And I, going we, on? we were listening to it. We were sitting on the porch and we were like, oh, "Yeah." No, and it was just, no. <laughs> yeah. It's you know Han and Leia. That's the, they're they're a they're an institution, right? So th- that was tough, you know. But the bottom line is, Leia has now been kidnapped by Prince Shizor, and we realize that the Black Sun is is not going to. They're not helpful. They're not going to be helpful no. because Shizor. He's trying to yeah. exalt himself. He is, yeah, he's like, no, nah, let's get to the top of the empire, actually. Yeah, he, yeah, he kind of wants to do like a Saruman Sauron thing, if you want to you know, <laughs> make a Lord of the Rings type thing. He's like, no, look, I, I'm trying to get up there next to the emperor. I'm not going to try to fight the guy. So Leia's in trouble. And now this is when we have Luke and Dash arrive. You know, yeah. Luke is able to sense that something's wrong, and... He reaches out into the force and he's like, Leia, I'm coming for you. you yeah, know? yes. I'm coming for you. And that was great. I did enjoy that. I, one of my favorite parts of Empire Strikes Back is when he speaks to Leia because we know who Leia is, even though Leia doesn't fully understand, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with Leia in trouble, here come Dash and Luke, reunite with Lando and Chewie. They pull a Star Wars A New Hope first Death Star maneuver, they find some dumb stormtroopers and dress up. But Luke finds one his size, dresses up like um, a stormtrooper. Lando gets one, you know. They basically, you know, they, like, catch him in a bathroom, like, beat the crap out of him, (laughs) take their stuff. And they have got to get back into the palace, right, Jeff? we got to get back into the palace. And also... um I, I suddenly remember this other part, and it kind of plays into what we were talking about before with, like, Vader and his character. Sure. And I don't know if you guys remember, but, like, there's this moment where he, like, Vader contacts Caesar and says, hey, I've I've been hearing you're, like, you're trying to kill Luke Skywalker, you know? He's like, oh, well. And then Caesar kind of plays it, he plays it, like, very diplomatically. He's like, oh, is, I'm sorry, is Luke, Luke Skywalker not a, uh, a top, like officer in the rebel alliance i, I thought right. the he was to kill them on site or and then vader's just look if you touch luke i'm gonna kill you <laughs> like, like, like oh basically. yeah uh, yeah i forgot about that that's true i'm glad you brought that up yeah he's and, not messing around yeah and 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 that's i mean and and caesar then that, that now in a way that vader was leaving himself very vulnerable in that moment but that pretty much confirmed what Caesar knew all along, you know, and that's a very absolutely I th- I th- yeah, yeah. That's a great moment. Well, also, you know, what makes Darth Vader scary? I mean, well, excuse me, Darth Vader is scary enough by what he does, but his restraint makes him even more scarier because it's no, it would be no contest. He would rip. Oh, yeah, uh, he would rip Shizor to shreds if he I mean he could destroy him destroy him I, and I think that's another really great thing about the story is Darth Vader has to practice 
restraint. Yeah. With Shizor. Because he knows what he could do to him. I don't think Shizor Shizor has any idea what Vader is capable of. He doesn't, right? I mean, Jeff, he doesn't know. I think he's he's more scared of Vader because of the Emperor. I think certainly Darth Vader, though, has a reputation. I don't think Shizor has any idea of what Vader is actually capable of, you know? No, and and it and it tells it says at the beginning like Caesar he's he's very capable in combat. He has immense physical strength. I guess his race is very strong, stronger than humans. You know, I mean, it, it goes all into that. Uh, so he might have um, a little bit of uh, you know he might, might be overconfident when you know, I, it, you know, uh, yeah, we know we know Vader would destroy him. You know, for because he's yeah, got it wouldn't not only, it wouldn't even be a good fight. <laughs> Probably not. And I and I loved that though. I mean, I I liked that, and and I liked that you do see uh like when you're reading this, you're like, she's or you have no idea who you're messing with, dude. You have no idea what you're coming between with the Emperor and Vader. Like you're coming between this. I mean, you don't want to talk about this bond like involving the Emperor, but him and Darth Vader have almost this like symbiotic bond. No, they do. It's it, what is it called, Jeff, with the Sith, like the Rule of Two or something. Where, where there's always two, and that bond is powerful. Yeah. And you have to understand that the Force, whether dark side or light side, the Force, it's, incredib- it's, it's incredibly defensive of, uh, you know, of itself. There's no way the dark side of the Force is going to allow Shizor to come between right. its two most powerful wielders. Yeah. You know, but again, Shizor doesn't know that. But I think what's entertaining about this book is seeing his overconfidence in the face of you don't even see what's really behind the curtain of this thing. You just think this is a political move, right? Yeah, anyway, and, yeah. and there's also that that one part, you know, where like um, Palpatine sends Vader on some mission to like blow up a bunch of rebel ships on a planet or something, and Vader's like, "Oh, um, I thought you'd send." Uh, Whoever you know, yeah, and and then and Emperor Palpatine's like, no, no, I I want you to do it, you know, kind of thing, and and see, you know, and, and it's almost kind of like okay, but he knows like Caesar's there and stuff, and he knows Caesar's trying. Vader knows what what, what Caesar's trying to do, you know, he's trying to yeah. absolutely plant him, you know, and that's what's spooky about it because you're like, what are you gonna do? Because yeah. you know, and, so what do you yeah, have and, planned? And and that kind of plays into the whole role too. Like you were saying, like you know, like, okay, so maybe uh, you know, Emperor Palpatine could replace me. Maybe I'm not that. You know, um, and, and I think Emperor Palpatine was probably playing them both against. You know, who knows? <laughs> I know he can do what he wants basically, and no, behind the scenes, and no one even knows. Well, I think by this point, I think by this point, I mean, and, and I, let me ask you, Jeff. I mean, by this point, don't you think Darth Vader realized that Palpatine totally played him with Padme? You know? Yeah, uh, I would say so. I mean, he, he can't necessarily so he can't necessarily feel cushioned by the I feel so cared about by Emperor Palpatine. You know? No, but um, there's a I think there's a sense of um, creator versus creation in a way. You know, it's kind of like for better or for worse, he made me who I am. Right, and absolutely. I need him, and he needs me. Well, I was going to say, like that. Palpatine's all he has. When you think yeah. about, you know, okay, he had, yeah. he had 
Qui-Gon, he had Obi-Wan, he had Padme. All those people were taken from him in some way or another. And, well, you know, like, he you know, he lost Obi-Wan because, you know, he fought him and stuff and got his butt kicked. But, like, then Padme died. So, literally, Palpatine is his his family, his, his only real connection. Right, for better or for worse. Right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's sad. It's very it's very tragic. I mean, we all know that his story's tragic, but it, it adds to the tragedy to yeah. to look at it as, oh God, that's what he that that is family for him. And, that's, and ugh, just a reminder, you know, George Lucas, the architect himself, you know, of the this universe. Right. The, <laughs> of this universe, he said Star Wars is about Anakin Skywalker. Mm. It is his story. I mean, Jeff, do you remember do you remember him saying that? He he talked about that because they were talking about so why are you going back and making these movies? He goes, this is Anakin Skywalker's story. Darth Vader, Anakin Skywalker slash Darth Vader. I mean, I mean, yes, he's called Darth Vader, but ultimately it's Anakin Skywalker. Mm. And it's his story of redemption. And then even you could say the, 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 the new trilogy is just the aftermath. Yeah. Because he is a major part of Kylo Ren, you know. I don't want to get too far It's his, it's his legacy, yeah. I mean, these are his, you know, I mean, Kylo Ren's his grandson, Yeah. Uh, and Ray is Palpatine's what granddaughter or daughter, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and they end up following the same trajectory. Well, well, Kylo especially follows the same trajectory. He right. does the same thing. But but it, it is Anakin's story, and that is George Lucas saying that he said, you know, this is this is Anakin Skywalker's story. So yeah, but yeah, so so I love that we can't get away from him, even as we're talking about you know, right. you know we're talking about Shadows of the Empire, and we we're continually going back into the mind. And heart of Anakin Skywalker, right? Uh, but so, but Leia's in trouble. Shizor has now kidnapped her, and she is held against her will. Uh, and, and as I said, Luke and Dash have arrived, and they reunite with Lando and Chewie. They under the guise of uh, stormtroopers. Chewie has cut his hair, and now looks like a bounty hunter. By the way, he he's yeah. Remember he had a bad haircut. I totally talk about forgot that. about that. Oh, there's an action figure. He's got like spiked hair. No. Yeah, I think I might have that action figure. He's boxed up. That makes me so sad. I I think I might have that action figure. If not, I'm going to get it. (laughs) After talking about this, it's like I now want to go back and get these action figures. You know, I wonder if there was a series black of that one. I'm going to get that. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So, but but Jeff, the the problem is is that they have to get into Shizor's palace, and obviously we know they're not going to get in through the front door. Right. They, <laughs> Jeff. They have to. They got to find another way. Uh, and what is that way, Jeff? So that we might we might want to just say this is this is the part of the book that even though it's the end, this is where it gets a little silly. Wouldn't you say? Because it's almost like the author just kind of like was like, whatever. It's another. <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> Okay, so I, I think, and, and we talked about this, and I don't remember because, you know, we, we talked about a lot of stuff last week, and I don't know how much I know I think Jeff mentioned. This is what happens when Han Solo's not around, like, <laughs> you know, and we and, and I want to take a minute just to talk about that because this is one of those moments. The, the, it's the sewer part, the sewer scene. We've been, we've been leading up to this moment. And... <laughs> Everybody in the gang, the Star Wars gang, is really important, and they have their strengths, and, and, you know, we talked about that especially last year when we had Star Wars Month with Leia and Luke, their differences and how you really need, you, you need them both. You need Leia, you need Luke, but you need Han, and I think Han always shines when 
things are going wrong and everything's falling apart and he can pull the rabbit out of the hat. When you need somebody to pull the rabbit out of the hat, Han Solo yeah. does it and nails it every time just about. I mean Yeah, I mean it's you know, never tell me the odds. And, like and, it's his it's his it's his trademark. And for me, his greatest moment, like Han Solo's greatest moment is an empire with the asteroid field. I think, that in my opinion, it's his greatest moment. And that's where you really see that when when even Leia's like, well, great, you're going to get us all killed. That's where he's like, nah, never, t- never tell me the odds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And this guy doesn't use the force, doesn't, but he has an incredible ability to think on his feet. And then when everything's in the air, he lands on his feet. Han Solo, again, you know, just to, 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 to make a long story short, if anybody pull, needs to pull the rabbit out of the hat, I don't even know if I'd go to Luke. I'd say, Han, yeah. pull the rabbit out of the hat, yeah. man. So he's not here <laughs> in this moment. Right, Jeff? This is one of those moments. This is the first one, at least, uh, <laughs> at least that we're talking about tonight. <laughs> yeah, well, they, yeah, so they've got to get into Shizor's palace, and they've got to go through a place where who, who would go through the sewer? This is Luke, Lando, Dash, Chewie, and some dude they got to, like, show... Some guide, right? Some dude. Yeah. I can't he has a really name. weird um, voice. Well, there, 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 there's two instances in the in the sewer that we, we want to highlight. And one is um, they, um, they, they encounter a Dianoga. And for anyone who doesn't know what that is, if you recall in the first Star Wars, A New Hope, when they were... They've landed. They ended up in the trash compactor of the Death Star, and there's this, you know, almost like a telescope eyeball-looking creature in there with them, and something's in here, you know. And it's and if you're <laughs> something just brushed my leg. Toby, <laughs> yeah. If to, Toby mentioned, uh, if you ever like look it up, like Star Wars lore, and you look at a Dianoga, they, they're 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 terrifying looking. I mean, they're. they're they're nothing to be messed with, <laughs> you know. Yeah, um, you only and, see and, the little. And, I, yeah, you only see the little eyeball, but like, yeah, yeah the rest like, of it's rough. It, but but you can actually pretty... look up. Go ahead, Jeff. Yeah. Well, anyway, yeah. I mean, and, and first time the encounter, remember Luke gets sucked under. He almost dies, you know. Like, uh, yeah, they're they're <laughs> incredibly the, aggressive, they, yeah. very dangerous. So this thing, and they encounter it. Luke, without hesitation, pulls out his lightsaber, cuts the thing straight in half. It's like no. Oh, yeah. You know, he remembered, like, last time. <laughs> yeah, and you think maybe this is going to be something like, oh, man, they're going to be in trouble. They're going to have to fight this thing. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, I mean, Luke handled it. You know, you're like, okay, well, we're doing good. We're doing all right. They're they're going along, and then I guess there's, like, these storm, there, there are these guards. There's these guys that are kind of hanging out. At the base of like the, the entrance of like I guess I, that that's how I pictured it. It's like the basement. This is, yeah, like the basement area. This is where the sewer. The, the, there's an area where the sewer leads into the to the building. And okay, so they're, they're kind of like looking around the corner and they're surveying the 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 scene. And there's like a couple guys like guarding the, the, the entrance. There's a couple guys like playing cards right at the table. I mean, it should not have been a thing. Not not for these guys. I mean, this, we were talking about Lando, Chewie, Luke. Lando's no Boy Scout either. This no. guy, this guy, has done some stuff. Uh, he's a skilled warrior. He he's been in combat. He's done some stuff. He becomes a general. However, there's a fact. <laughs> However, there's a there's a 
Someone wasn't it Chewy? We got to think. They, well, I think the only explanation that we have is uh, to, to give us uh, just a little bit of context. They have been sloshing around in the sewer. Dash, Lando, Chewy, Luke, um, and they've had this guide with them. Which, by the way, they end up getting in an argument, and the guy turns on them, and Dash just shoots him dead. Right. So that just happens. Super happen- not important. That happens right before they go in. <laughs> so he's dead. So they got all this crap and walking through God knows what. Got all this crap on their feet. and God The refuse how, of the city. How, who knows how deep it was. I guess like, you know, I'm thinking like up to their ankles, you know, for Luke to be able to cut the Dianoga in half. Yeah, it would have yeah. had to have been, you know, couldn't have been too deep. So, you know, I'm thinking, you know, their feet, ankles are just covered in sewer gross yeah gross covered in gross and then yeah and we'll, we'll go ahead pick up jeff you know they, they they finally get into like i said the entrance to the building and there's these guards and they look like your standard inept the, these aren't even like storm i mean stormtroopers are, are, are like probably no. more skilled and the, which is guys, saying a lot know? yeah so should not be a problem at all for our squad here and yet, and they yeah, and they make some kind of a plan like you know it it should be it should go off without a hitch like no problem, bunch of skilled guys like these shouldn't have been a problem but something like I I can't remember exactly what occurs but apparently like they go okay let's go yeah like <laughs> it's it's a it's like a Leroy Jenkins moment yeah Chewy like, go, like Chewy goes che- in first he's the one that yeah, Chewy goes in he ruins it all but go ahead yeah. He slips, right, like in the sewer slop, and like it's devastating. And then like, and then Lando's like right behind him, falls over him or something. Yeah, right. It's like it's like the Three Stooges have entered the room. Right, and I don't know if Dash does something kind of comes but in. Luke, I, you can just picture Luke. He's like the only one who's got it together here. <laughs> like, good grief, guys! You know, like and. Doesn't he basically have to like handle the whole thing himself? Like, uh, essentially, yeah, because it, it essentially becomes like this just melee of lasers, and Luke, with his lightsaber, essentially has to get the job done. But you have to understand here, uh, something here. Chewie, I could be wrong, but he's over seven feet tall. Yes? Yeah. Someone of that size falling is <laughs> devastating. you got to imagine, these, these guys are like, we're playing cards, they probably have. They probably feel like they got the best job. Like whoever comes through the sewer, nobody comes through. Nobody. Yeah. They're gonna play cards. Their they're guns drunk, are stacked. Like, they're, yeah. They're probably. Yeah. yeah. Their guns are stacked up, and here comes a Wookie, full size <laughs> with a bad haircut, busts in and then slips, devastating fall. <laughs> right, and then Lando falls over him. It really like it's the Three Stooges. Like I, 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 I sit here and go. And Luke's, what happened in the author's mind that he's like, this is a good place I, for this? Luke and Dash, I think, are just probably just trying to get inside. Like, <laughs> they're probably just trying to squeeze in. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's a debacle. And this causes the, them to lose their element of surprise, right? Yeah, big time. I, I mean, they're not able, they, they lose their element of secrecy. Because now, at this point, the whole building's alerted to... Yeah, because I think like and Shizor's getting updates. Guri's like, um, so- something something happened in the basement level. Like, um. I would have loved to watch the replay of the cameras. Like, let me watch it. Like, Shizor's probably like looking at the cameras. Like, who are these clowns? Yeah. 
Look at these idiots. Like, this shouldn't be a problem at all. And and, and Shizor initially isn't concerned. He's like, ah, they're not going to make it all. I mean, up. honestly, understandably, if I was watching that, I'd be like, this is it's going to be fine. But, you know, we all they do get it back. They do get their mojo back. And they start working their way up. And all the while, Guri is informing Shizor, like, hey, um, there's problems on these floors and the numbers of the floors where the problems are taking place is getting higher, which means <laughs> these clowns are making it. Somehow they're <laughs> persevering. They probably smell horrible. You don't talk about that. Ugh. Smell like mm. sewage. <laughs> Gross. You know, obviously once they're getting up closer to Shizor's floor, he's like, okay, you know, we need to get Leia. So Guri goes in to try to get Leia and Leia goes full Leia. Yes. Right? My queen. Guri walks in, and Leia has the Boosh helmet. Yeah. Which she wears that get up in, in Return of the Jedi. Right. And she just bops Guri in the head. Just <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, wallops and, her. Yeah, which, takes advantage of that. Which probably would have, like, darn near killed a normal person. Right. Yeah. She, and but it, but it she meant, decks her. She, she meant to at least knock them out. And, of course, I think, I think this would have been a great time in the movie, if, if it were a movie, that the audience find out Guri's not... Uh, just a woman. Right. Yeah, you know, yeah, that would have been bad. a good reveal to like reveal wires but or something. This I don't know. does allow Leia to escape the room and she shuts the door and Guri and, and Leia says, uh, I think they describe it like the door just starts to shatter because Guri's like going nuts yeah, breaking yeah. the door down because she's a droid. And Leia's able to escape. She reunites with Chewie, Dash, Luke, and Lando and. If you notice, guys, wh- wh- where we're going with this is our heroes are moving up a massive building. There's no way they're going to make it back down. No. So the obviously the only way out is up. <laughs> and this is where we have the other part of Luke's brilliant plan. Guri is updating Shizor. This is happening. This is happening. And, and she's like, um, there is a Corellian freighter <laughs> that is flying towards the building. Yeah, so Luke, Luke authorizes. He's he's like, all right, three PO. He's like, it's it's fine, three PO. You can fly it, and and R R two's got all the you know the mapping, and he, you know he can tell you where to go. It's gonna be <laughs> yeah. fine. I mean, it, he's basically just like, just 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 be cool, fly around. Don't don't do anything stupid, right? And when it's time to pick us up, just come pick us up, you know, on the ceiling, right? So and then and now yeah, and Luke and everybody they're they're ascending, right? And that's in progress like they're on the way and all the while Lando and Leia and Chewie and Luke they pull out thermal detonators and that's the only way that Shizor's like wait we can't kill them they could blow the whole building up so I'm thinking okay good plan you got the thermal detonator they they, they walk by Shizor you know Luke and Shizor kind of look each other down you know they kind of keep going that is where Lando decides, <laughs> I got an idea. Let's just blow this thing up anyway. <laughs> so Lando throws the detonator he has down the garbage chute with it armed. <laughs> and then they just make a break for it. They got five minutes. They're literally just hoping for the best. But <laughs> I don't know what what was going on in Lando's mind. He says, you know what? <laughs> Yeah, the, the, they were at a standoff for a while, and and it was it was kind of an, an a little bit of an impasse. So he got a he had this desperate moment, I guess, in his mind. He was like, "This is 
This is the only thing that's going to make us, like, you know, everyone freak out. We can make a break for it. And while we're at it, let's just completely destroy this 50-story building. Oh, my gosh. You know? Yeah. I mean, that's a, this skyscraper. It's like this is one of the tallest buildings in Coruscant, right? Yeah. This the like, Shizor's Palace is a major building in Coruscant. And Lando's like, eh. It's fine. Why we'll not? get rid of it. <laughs> why not? We'll, we'll, this, this will give us a clean getaway. And then while all this is happening, right, you've got 3PO. And, okay, and this is how it's described in the book. They're just basically doing, like, barrel rolls. Like, like 3PO <laughs> is not doing a good job at all. He's, he's having a very hard time controlling the Millennium Falcon. And at some point, they, they take out, like, a radio station. Like, yeah, a radio, like a radio tower. tower. Like, yeah. Like, some poor, like, there's a whole, like, people in there. Like, uh, this is Coruscant, KRP. And this is the, ah! And then, you know, they Done. just smash. God the, knows what happened. They just smash the crap out of this thing. And, and, and 3PO calls Luke, right? He calls Luke. He's like, um, Master Luke, um. We we uh, appear to have taken out a radio tower station, and you can and and Luke is like in the midst of like, as, you know, battling and like ascending the the tower, right? Or yeah, because at this mean? point, well, at this, yeah, because at this point, you know, oh no, he he's actually like having the standoff with. Uh, yeah, well, no, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, super the, busy. they're in the midst of of the standoff slash getting out of the building, trying to get away, <laughs> and, and 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 then. 3PO calls him with this crap, and you can just picture Luke like, "What? Oh my God! <laughs> like he's like just, just <laughs> listen, just keep a low profile. My God, you know." And then like, and Leia's like, "You let him fly the Millennium Falcon?" But because like 3PO is like saying all of these horrific events are going on outside this building because of 3PO piloting the Millennium Falcon, like the great droid cape. It is an absolute. Scene of chaos. Yeah, he's like, uh, we we appear to have uh, attracted the local authorities. Yeah, so and the like, Coruscant police, who's doing their them. job, they're like, they, they, <laughs> they don't have a dog in this fight. They're like, what is this going on? What's uh, all units <laughs> go after this Corellian freighter, and Luke is meanwhile, like Jeff said, he's like on the he's like on the communicator with three PO, basically just saying, just do a good job, okay? <laughs> <laughs> just just do good. Just do I can't even imagine like Luke's like what he was thinking like, and then like one of the one of the police officer I, I, I hope it was a droid he's like oh we we lost the police officer he crashed under a, a bridge overpass he's like oh my god yeah like, <laughs> but this could have been a guy with like what? four kids this could have been got married like he's it could have been the end of his shift he's on he's like I'm I'm coming home honey I'm almost done oh, oh wait there's this freighter that's flying nuts I, I'm sure it'll let do, me we'll deal do, with this let me just deal home. with this and I'll be home nope sorry all for our heroes <laughs> oh three po. We, we love Star Wars, but this is this is where we can kind of we can kind of poke fun at it a little. Oh, of yeah, a little bit because I think there is that issue that Star Wars kind of has with uh, with with the accountability for collateral damage yeah. and, and unintended consequences. Yeah, the casualties are often overlooked for the sake of our heroes. You know, I I, I, I hate to jump out of the decade of the '90s, but I, I do like when. Stories address that even for our heroes. I look at, I mean, the more recent, um, uh, the, the Marvel Cinematic yeah. Universe. You know, the Avengers addresses it with with Sokovia and, yeah. and because of Ultron, and that leads to Civil War, of course. 
even Batman versus Superman addresses that. You know, Superman and Zod are fighting. You're not going to tell me that somebody, you know, that n- nobody got injured with right. with them throwing buildings at each other. <laughs> so, you know, but Star Wars. <laughs> Sorry, this but, is very extreme. <laughs> but Star Wars doesn't. <laughs> Star Wars doesn't do a great job. No, Lando killed like thousands of people <laughs> and not all those people i mean yeah most of them were probably okay evil syndicate whatever but you, you know they, they probably had like a cinnabon in there like yeah you know and, and like the food court like you know they yeah. really were probably you know what i'm saying like it, there's it, probably it's, a wendy's in those... there seattle's best like seattle's best. i got one in the airport <laughs> a panera what I'm they saying, they have like it, eight Starbucks at the. Seattle. So, oh, yeah, for sure. Because well, well, <laughs> Darth well, Bucks. Let's move the story forward a little bit, and then we'll go back to this. Because basically, Luke ends up fighting Guri. Yeah. Yes. And that's and that's a big deal. And he has to tap into the Force to defeat her. He does because she's incredibly fast. She's a droid. Yeah. She's not. He's not fighting. Human. And he bests her in combat, and she's basically like. You won. Good job. Yeah, which I thought was interesting because as a droid, I would think she's programmed. To do a certain to thing. To eliminate him. But she is like, no, this is fair. You won. She has a very human reaction yeah. to this situation, which Interesting. maybe that plays into just how human she appears. Maybe even Perhaps. her programming. I don't know. But, I, I, but, I don't know but, how it works. But in Star but Wars. To me, that stood out because that boys. it didn't match up. But in Star Wars, droids are sentient in, yeah, in many ways. Yeah, no, for sure. You know, uh, I don't know. It just... I guess based on Guri's character up till that point, right. I wasn't expecting her to suddenly be like, "I code of honor," you know. So yeah. I thought that was interesting. And Luke and the gang make it onto the Falcon, and they take off. And as they're leaving, and by the way, Shizor has evacuated, and he gets onto his ship, which is called the Skyhook. Mm-hmm. And Dash is on the Outrider. He's getting out of there. Uh, Lando, Chewie, Leia, Luke, and the droids are on the Falcon. They're getting out. And then as they're leaving, Lando's detonator explodes and takes the entire building down. And that's what we're getting at when Jeff was talking about there's a Cinnabon in there. (laughs) There's thousands of people. Sabaro, for sure. The physics alone of something that big coming down likely took other buildings down. Oh, yeah. And there's well, in no those m- big like skyscrapers, like in Japan, there's like you know the eat, eat, play, live skyscrapers. I'm sure it's probably this similar situation. They probably have families. The thing about it is, there's no mention of that. It's simply just they they're like, oh, oh that's that. Huh, Shizor doesn't have a house anymore, guys. Good job. Like <laughs> Lando's like, I'm just pat myself on the back there. Nailed it. You know, which I mind you. I believe last year we talked about Lando, the same Lando Calrissian, who in Return of the Jedi, when the second Death Star blows up that rebel freighter that probably has 10,000 people on it, he was just like, oh man, the guys, the Death Star is operational. <laughs> he, wasn't, he wasn't like, oh my God. <laughs> we just lost. Charlie like, was on there, my buddy. My, yeah. My somebody, important yeah. people, people important to somebody. Yes. He was just like, that thing's operational, y'all. We're going to have oh. to hit the brakes on this for a minute. Oh my gracious. <laughs> but yeah, there's just no, and, and I just want to mention one uh, a, a franchise, not Star Wars, actually from the '80s, that did a good job when you know when 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 there's death or some kind of 
you know, destruction yeah. that they allow the story to stay there. And furthermore, it should change the story, you know, right. or, or change your characters. It should do one of those things or both. Mm-hmm. There at least should be a moment of like, oh, God, we just destroyed a building. There should be some accountability. Yeah. yeah. There should have been a meeting with General Riken and Luke and all them like, OK, <laughs> I just want to show you guys. Uh, pull up the video. <laughs> just pull up the news. It's all over the news. This is going to be on the news for like the next like year, guys. <laughs> this is what you did, you know, yeah, with this off yeah. the books mission. You know, I, I'm being silly, but uh, there's got to be some weight to something like that. Yeah, to what Lando did, to even Luke, you know, taking the rogue squadron, the Botham pilots on this mission, and like all of them, but two of them die. Yeah, you know. So th- th- there's too much of a focus on moving these heroes forward in their story right. and not stopping to to maybe look at the unintended consequences or the wake of disaster that takes place when even the good guys mm-hmm. are fighting the bad guys. Sometimes bad things happen. Yeah. Well, and I've said it before with with movies and in books. This is a this is a pitfall you fall into when your story's plot driven and not character driven. Right. When it's plot driven and you are fully relying on events to take place, you don't have time for the emotion generally. But when your story is character driven, you spend time yeah. living in those feelings, which is why I separate the first third of this book from the last because the first third is character driven. Yeah. And then to me, there is a stark change yeah events. into plot driven and it's like okay we need avc events to occur so they're just gonna occur yeah, so we can get our heroes out right we have to move our heroes into this particular area so the other stuff can wait and, and so i mean there's a place for it all but you know i'm i'm, I'm character driven all day long. me and jeff used to always joke around about when we would laugh at luke's reaction <laughs> when biggs you know when biggs dies in a new hope which Biggs was his childhood friend. They grew up together yeah. on Tatooine. And remember, Darth Vader shoots him down, and Luke just kind of just, just kind of goes, okay. <laughs> All <No>. right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that just happened. <laughs> you know, I get it. Some, some Star Wars fans might say, well, you've got to understand they're in combat. I'm like, right. But when that was over, there's no moment of uh, reflection. Yeah. yeah. No. I love, I, I, again, i got to jump out of the 80s. <laughs> or and nineties, jump out of the decade, jump out of the eighties and nineties for a second. Those are our decades in this podcast. But Jeff, you remember our beloved Lord of the Rings trilogy when uh, the Battle of Helm's Deep was over, and they were in Rohan, you know, and the king was like, "To our victorious dead," you know, and it was Aragorn, it was Aragorn and all the gang, Legolas and all them. If you're a Lord of the Rings fan, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, hail the victorious dead. Right, and they hold up, and Aragorn goes to drink, and he stops for a second. Sometimes it just takes that, right, Jeff? Yeah. Remember you talked about that, Jeff. You said, man, I wonder who he was thinking about, how many people he saw die, you know? Could have been that little kid he gave a sword to. Right. Who knows? So, so it, it's, it's, it's telling us, like, hey, it's important for you to know that the characters in this story are in, are, are, it's staying with them. The fact that, that yes, we won, but there was death and destruction involved. Yeah. Uh, look at look at The Wrath of Khan. Star Trek Two, The Wrath of Khan. Not only the best Star Trek movie, but one of my favorite movies of all time. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert, Spock dies. And when Spock dies, let me tell you, I still cry. 
they have his funeral and Captain Kirk, who is played by William Shatner, who's very stoic, you know, a very stoic performance. You know, Captain Kirk is very like, I, I always succeed. I do, but he lost his best friend. Yeah. Even though they won, they defeated Khan, but they lost Spock, and and they had this beautiful, um, uh, this beautiful like funeral for Spock. And then the next movie is called Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. Right. So the the tragedy changed the characters and the story, mm-hmm. you know. And and Star Wars, I think, struggles sometimes. Doesn't do it every time. Like Ben's death, I felt like was handled well. Obi Wan's death, but, but I it was also essential to the plot, right? But so. even Darth Vader's death in, in in Jedi, it's like Luke burns him and then he goes to a party. Yeah. And Jeff, you talked about Qui Gon, right? As far yeah, like it. Star Wars never really does a, a good job of just like acknowledging when someone when someone dies. Yeah, I there's mean. loss, right? Even Han, it was like, oh, we gotta keep going, gotta keep going, and and then and then and then it was Luke. And I'm just like, what is good? What? Stop for a mm-hmm. second. Yeah, I mean, having your characters feel it gives your gives the audience permission to feel it. And when you don't have your character stop and feel it, you're you're telling your audience. I need you to keep going because we can't. We don't have time. And there'll be new characters. Don't here. worry. Which, yeah, which ultimately that's that is what what I mean, maybe unintentionally, but that is what writers are saying. There's or directors, whatever right. they're saying. No, you don't have time to feel this. You don't have permission to feel this. We need to keep going. So yeah, that's fine. But I hate it. <laughs> what, what, whether it's whether it's a a a major character dying or just the fact that you guys won and succeeded in your mission, but it was. At the cost of a tremendous amount of destruction and likely collateral damage and death, there's no mention. And I, and, and I had a real and even though it's funny, you know, with the Cinnabon and stuff, it's just you know, it's a Cinnabon in there, you know, guys was like, you know, and suddenly gone, you know, vaporized. Um, it 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 still was. I felt like, wait a minute, there's no acknowledgement that you guys just destroyed yeah. a city block of Coruscant. You know, good job, Lando. <laughs> Because it's on to the next thing, yep. which is a space battle. And this I actually did, I mean, despite what we just talked about, this is a good space battle. So basically, it is Luke and the gang in the Falcon and Dash and the Outrider, and they're getting out of there, right? They're trying, they're trying to make their way out, but of course, Shizor is in his skyhook, and he's trying, he, he, is, he is, you know, in his last desperate attempt to, to snuff out Luke Skywalker and at this point, he's he's enraged, you know. The rogue squadrons show up. Luke once again, you know, pages wedge nine one one. He's like, "All right, guys, that's it. It's time to go again." You know. <laughs> but what I love most about this is that when it all seems hopeless for our heroes, which it does again, because they're completely outnumbered, the Skyhook is this big ship. You know, and, you know, the Millennium Falcon compared to it is this little freighter, and the Outrider is this little ship compared to the size of the Skyhook. Of all the people that comes to save the day, it is Darth Vader. Finally, like everything that we've been talking about between Vader and Shizor, Vader's restraint, it has all led up to this point. And, And the restraint that Vader has shown is gone. And the Emperor, he doesn't even have, he, he has nothing, he, he doesn't come in on a hologram no, or anything. he's MIA. He's <laughs> MIA. At this point, you can assume that, Va- that the Emperor has finally used everything he can from Shizor. Yeah. And has essentially told Vader. Do what go, you want. Go to it. Yeah. 
So, Jeff, what do we see happen, essentially? He warned him, and, you know, <laughs> that was not an idle threat. You know, here comes Vader's ship, and he basically, yeah, like you said, like, um, he says, you, you can either come and be under in my custody, or I'm going to shoot you down. And then, you know, what happens after that? Take him out. There's no way he can live in his mind in Vader's custody and under his foot. Mm-hmm. No. You know, he's like, no. there, you know, there's just no way. No. So Shizor refuses to relent, and Vader is in his superstar destroyer, the Executor, which they called the Executor. I, <sighs> Along with a host of other mispronounced words. Essentially, very easily, with no problems at all, because... Vader's ship is the it's it's like the most powerful ship in the galaxy I, right. I would think after the Death Star Vader's Super Star Destroyer it's his personal ship and the thing is like the size of the state of Georgia you know yeah. and he basically just completely obliterates the Skyhook and Shizor's dead you know right. very very easy to assume in the midst of this explosion and craziness um, the Millennium Falcon is there they're still you know they're just trying to survive mm-hmm and that is when they look over and see a piece of debris uh, appear to hit the Outrider. Whatever happens, the Outrider is no more. Right. And there is there is a moment. I will say this. When, when, when Dash Rendar is assumed to be dead, right. Luke, Luke does have this moment of guilt because he had been hard on Dash the whole book, you know? Yeah. And kind of ragging him. Our heroes are able to escape the hyperdrive. You know, of course, you know, Luke is not going to go with Vader. You know, Vader has this another moment where his son slips out of his grasp. Right. But Shizor is gone. Black Sun is done. Or until the next person. Right. It's done for now. Yeah. Or until the next person, you know, jumps in the empty chair. Maybe under a different name, under a different leader. We know that that stuff continues. But but Shizor is gone. And Vader and the Emperor remain the supreme powers in the galaxy for now. And essentially the book ends with our heroes regrouping and going back to what they were doing. And I do like how the story comes full circle. The the heroes go back to what they were doing at the beginning. And I love that about them. It's like, okay, we hit a detour. We had all this crap happen. But now we're going back to what we were doing in the beginning. And that's going after Han. And I did love this, Jeff. Do you remember... And you remember, Brooke, he, 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 we have a scene with Luke on Tatooine, and he's with R2, and he records a message. Yes. And it's, yes. it's verbatim, right, what, what he says to Jabba the Hutt. It's, you know, greetings, mighty Jabba, right, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, yeah, and that's why I, it, it absolutely fully bridges Empire and Jedi, completely. And that's where our story ends. Now to bring the game in for a very important uh, detail, kind of an epilogue type thing. Uh, We find in the game, if you beat it on a certain level, like a certain level of difficulty, you find that Dash Rendar did not die. Right. He actually is able to go into hyperspace before the piece of shrapnel or whatever hits his ship, and he survives. And he basically tells... He has his own uh, droid on his ship. His name is Lebo. Mm-hmm. And he basically tells Lebo, his droid, like, you know, I, I'd much rather be a martyr uh, than, than, you know, I'm, I'm more of a loner, basically. I'm kind of a lone wolf. I'm not really a team player. I'd, ra- I'd much rather think of 
be remembered as as someone who gave their life for something. So you know, Dash yeah. is a Dash is a good guy, decent guy. You know, doesn't want the glory, just yeah. kind of wants to be left alone. So he does live. So Dash Render actually does survive. You know, but the book doesn't really. It's inconclusive whether right. he lives or dies. But the game actually you solidifies know, that. Yeah, solidifies that because it's it's his story in the game, which is interesting and kind of weird at times. So that is Shadows of the Empire. Yes. All in all, a good story. I think a worthy submission for, you know, what could have happened between Empire and Jedi. Yes. You know, maybe without a few things, but that's anything, right? Right, right. Now, Jeff, I I, I know we talked about this, you know, before the show, um, and I want to go ahead and plug this for our listeners who, you know, as as we mentioned, you know, somebody... One of our listeners was like, hey, I would have loved to have, you know, kind of prepared and maybe read the story. So I want to go ahead and tell everybody we are getting into the Thrawn trilogy, the Timothy Zahn novels, next week. We're going to start, obviously, with Heir to the Empire. And let me tell you something. Timothy Zahn's novels, these things were highly acclaimed. And I am really excited to get into these. We are really excited to talk about them. And, Jeff, you had mentioned that you you had had some things in your mind that you wanted to talk about, especially, you know, in connection to what we were getting from Shadows, which is obviously some deeper, more complex things about some of our characters. But now, with Heir to the Empire, talking about that next week, again, Timothy Zahn's Heir to the Empire, also called the Throne Trilogy, which, you know, Grand Admiral Throne is canon now. And just to show you how much the Star Wars canon universe respects these novels, I mean, Thrawn is a canon character and very important, right? So, Jeff, so go ahead. You were mentioning that that there was something you wanted to talk about with Heir to the Empire in connection to... I, I just wanted to, you know, like, uh, to say if anyone did want to, like, you know, if they haven't read this uh, this book yet and they, and they wanted to, like, uh, the um, version on Audible. I'm listening to it right now in preparation for next week's show, and it's amazing. It's even better because uh, the you, you can tell like the, the voice actor. He he's he, he's a professional voice actor, and when when you hear him do some of these iconic voices, it sounds almost exactly like the character. It's the closest thing you're gonna get to like watching a brand new Star Wars movie. So if you're a huge fan of Star Wars, I definitely recommend it. Yeah, and I think it's going to be interesting to see a different take on, you know, what happened after yeah. Jedi, right? I'm, I'm interested exactly. in seeing Because obviously, this is totally not canon. <laughs> this right. is no, purely expanding universe. We know, you know, with the, the new trilogy that this is definitely not canon, but I, I'm looking forward to a different perspective. Mm-hmm. So... Well, without so further ado, really I think we've been we've been here long enough. Uh, it's been a blast. I'm <laughs> yes. honest, I'm really going to miss you know talking about Shadows of the Empire. You know, uh, maybe we can do a show. Maybe we can play through the game and you know maybe somehow come back to it. We'll see. <laughs> I, you know, it's been fun. So, Brooke, why don't you tell them where tell our wonderful listeners whose time we so appreciate spending with us? Um, thank you so much. Just want to say that. Where can they find us? Alrighty. Well, if you are on Instagram, that's where we spend most of our time. It's where we connect with a lot of you listeners. Uh, we are there at the Tape Store. We're also on TikTok by the same name. If you're on Twitter, we are the Tape Store Pod. And if you'd like to shoot us an email, we'd certainly love to hear from you. We are the Tape Store Podcast at gmail.com. 
And just to wrap it up real quick, because we still got a lot of stuff to talk about in the Star Wars Expanded Universe, and we are excited to be back with you next week. Jeff, looking forward to it, man. Um, hanging with us, and just, I, I think, We've all had our share of laughs. I think our lives have been extended with all the yes. laughing. You know, but uh, happy to have you, and looking forward to having you next week with uh, Heir to the Empire. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, and we're looking forward to having our listeners with us too. So be there, guys, uh, and we will see you then. So this has been Shadows of the Empire by Steve Perry, 1996, and this is Toby. This is Brooke, and this is Jeff. Saying, "May the Force be with you." <laughs>